been wanting Jesus to make some changes in this situation, come in and handle this and come in and deal with this, but his delay is because he loves you. wants me to tell you that he called you from a place to a place. He called you from places of despair or darkness. He, he called you from places of confusion. Hallelujah. To a place of peace that is only found in him. And because he has called us all together, he is making us all one body. And so let us walk in the peace of God and let the peace of God rule in our hearts and be thankful. Amen. Amen. If this is your first time with us today, can you please stand? Those of us that are on Facebook Live, tuning in on our live stream. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate, we thank God that he moved on your heart to allow you to come on in and worship with us today. We want to affirm unto you, each and every one of you right now that your lives will never be the same after today because everybody that steps foot in New Antioch shall be blessed. There is a packet that has been given unto you. We ask that you fill out the card in its entirety and please give it to our sanctuary attendants in, at, at, at the uh, designated time. And we thank you again. We praise God and we pray that whatever God has, has for you in this service today, that you will leave here with it and that you will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Now we are going into our time of giving. Hallelujah. Where we can partner with God as he builds the kingdom of God and he allows us and equips us to do what it is that he has called us to do from this area of this town. Amen. There are five ways that you can give. Hallelujah. We do have two. Uh, we have two different uh, two churches with us. And so uh, please bear with us. Those that are giving for Central from Central Campus. You can go online, go to www.newantioch.org and, uh, and you can go there and you can give online there. When you go there, pick Central Campus and follow the prompts there. You can also go to our cash shop at Central. That is dollar sign, New A Central, and then you can give there. Or you can text New Antioch Central to 77977. Again, you can text, not, uh, you can text uh, uh, New Antioch Central to 77977. And, of course, you can always give in person with your cash or with your debit card. We will have that for you readily available. And for those of us that are giving from uh, the New Antioch campus, you can also text 77977. Uh, seven, I'm sorry. You can text New Antioch to 77977. Follow the prompts there, and you will be able to give there. You can also go to newantioch-aliante.org. Please follow the prompts. Give there. We truly appreciate the seed that you are sowing into the house. You can also give on Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign new A, capital A for Aliante. So dollar sign new capital A, Aliante, and you can give there too. When you give on Cash App, whether it's Central, whether it's uh, Aliante, Please put in your real name so that we can give you the credit that is due you. And also, you can give by mail, 2550 Nature Park Drive, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084, Suite 100. And you can mail that here. We will happy to receive that and give it into the kingdom of God. And we are going to pray for our giving right now. Father God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, for you have given seed to the sower. We believe, Lord God, that you are doing a mighty work 
in New Antioch. We pray, Lord God, that the seed that we give, God, Lord, that it be that we give it in a, with a cheerful attitude because we believe that this is good ground. We thank you, Lord God, for what you are going to uh, bless us with thank because you. we gave, and we thank you for what you're going to do with the seed that we gave. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We are going to is he great? Is he good? Is he wonderful? Is he awesome? Is he amazing? Is he excellent? Is he merciful? Is there no end to what you can say? Is there no end to how you can praise God? If he's been great, if he's been mighty, come on and lift your hands and bless him in this house. Jesus. Thank you. Team. We thank God for the praise team, for the band, for everyone. It just seems like that the Holy Spirit just want to have church today. And so we just want to let the Holy Spirit have his way. Before I begin, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being great. We thank you for being amazing, God. We thank you for being good, God. And we pray that as your word goes forth, Lord, you are ministering to your people God, that you are speaking to your people. God, that you are imparting something into the hearts and the minds and spirit of your people today, God. I ask that they do not leave here the same way they came, God. We are praying that someone meets Jesus. Someone's life has changed. Someone is finding their purpose, God, through your word on today. Open up hearts. Open up minds. Open up ears. Open up spirits, God, to receive. Today, we come to receive the seed that will be sowed into the hearts and life of your people. Come on and put your hands together. Amen. I am Assistant Pastor Darian Regan. And we are in our month where we are talking on the topic of being socially connected. And I believe that there is a word for, from God that I want to share with you on today as we continue in this vein of being socially connected. I would, if you will, please stand as we go into the scriptures. We're just going to read a few selected verses of scriptures and then we're going to jump in this word. Is that okay? Proverbs 3, 7, and 8 is in the New King James Version. It reads, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. John 11, now a certain man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, he, our brother, and your friend whom you love is sick. Remember that. Next one. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, it is for the glory and honor of God so that the son of God may be glorified by it. Verse five. Now Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus and considered them dear friends. You may have your seats. 
on this afternoon, we're going to, I'm going to come from the topic, friends with benefits. From the response, I think y'all know uh, in the secular community what friends with benefits mean. But in our relationship with Jesus, he's a friend that has some benefits also. But for those who may not know, what the secular world says is that basically a friendship with benefits is mean that, that I'm not tied down to this person, but on occasion when I want to, we can just come together and be intimate. Friends with benefits means I'm not tied down to you. We're not serious. We're not trying to take this to a deeper level. It's just that when I need to text you, when I need you, then you can be there. It's just a friend with benefits. And then sometimes some of us ask us, well, they'll say, well, we'll just say we're just friends. And it's become a cliche, but you leave out the benefits part. And some of us either still got or have had in the past some friends with some benefits. See, it, it basically means that you're not interested in a serious relationship. And don't even bring up the word about being serious at all. Don't even talk about even moving in together. No, we're not doing that. We're just friends that come with a few benefits. See, you're not even emotionally involved in this relationship. You ain't even relationally fruitful in this relationship. You're not even trying to be excellent, let alone spiritually excellent. In this relationship, you're just trying to be individually selfish. Because the only thing that you want out of this relationship is the benefits. The only thing you want out of this is what they can do for you. You're out because they have something that you want. And the other person is willing to do the same thing to you. It is difficult to be socially connected and not be relationally fruitful. And some of us are social and we're even relational, but we're not connected and we're not fruitful. See, the point of having, in, as the secular community puts it, friends with benefits is to avoid the connection. I ain't trying to be connected to you. A one-night stand will do. That's it. That's all I need. For you to meet my needs in the moment. So basically to the world is friends with benefits to the point where I'm using you for what you have to offer. 
And the problem is that we miss the value of connection. We missed it. We've completely missed the value of connection. According to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, social connection gives people a sense of belonging. It gives people a sense of support. And it can help prevent outcomes like heart disease, dementia, stroke, depression, and anxiety just from being socially connected. If you have an elderly loved one that seems to be in the phases where they start losing their minds, if you constantly call them and talk to them and check on them, you can slow the process down by connecting with them. And the problem is we have unhealthy connections and we wonder why we aren't healthy. You can't have real social connections with people who create more stress and more anxiety in your life. Because social connection is about feeling cared for. It's about feeling loved. It's about feeling valued. It's about feeling supported by others. When you, if you're going to be connected with people socially, you got to spend time with them. You have to hang out with them. Have fun. Do some activities, engage, and share in the difficult stuff, in the hard stuff, in the sorrow stuff. If you're going to be connected. See, you know how you're socially connected? Is that, that I, can, I know what to pray for you about. Because I have some insight as to what's going on. I may not know all your personal business, but I can read you and see enough because I've connected to you that I'm just going to pray. You don't even have to know I'm praying. I'm just going to pray because I'm connected to you. And if you have no idea what to pray for someone about, you're not connected to them. We know what to pray. And the Bible reminds us of some real friendships in the scriptures with Adam and God being socially connected and the benefits that came with their connection. It reminds us of David and his mighty men, how they, he was in a cave by himself, isolated, but these other men joined him and they were mighty men of warriors and they had something in common together. And if you look at history and when you connect with people even today, your social connection is, is because you have a commonality with each other. But the problem that we miss with the value of connection is that with the commonality there comes with being connected is we have gotten so common that we no longer have anything in common. We don't value each other. We don't value ourselves. You know why? Because we don't like close. I don't do close. I don't do people being in my inner circle. Because having something in common means I could get hurt. And so to avoid that, I'm going to isolate. I'm going to isolate my emotions. 
isolate my feelings, isolate my heart, isolate myself. And that way, I don't have to worry about getting too close. And if I don't get too close, I won't get hurt. And so we find ourselves socially distancing ourselves. Y'all was doing social distance before COVID. Because we social distance at church. And, and, and we treat God like he is a friend with benefits. What do you mean? In other words, I just come to church to get what I need and get a word, and then I'm going home. I don't care what God wants. God wants praise, but I don't care what he wants. I just come to, to do what I need to do and come. I don't speak to nobody. I don't stop. I just hit the door and pass go and hit the car, and I'm gone. We don't try to make friends. We don't try to say hi or hello. And if somebody stop us to greet us, we trying to move on. We socially distance ourselves. Even at home, we socially distance ourselves. They in one room and you in the other room. You don't like the show they watching, so you go somewhere else and watch another show. They busy on their phone, you on your phone. <laughs> they down here doing this, you up there working, whatever. We've, we've socially distanced ourselves in our own house. And we're missing out on the benefits of relationship. The other problem is we have Jesus in the friend zone. We have Jesus in the friend zone. See, some of y'all knew we're friends with benefits, but the rest of us know what the friend zone is. The friend zone is where the guy is romantically attracted to the girl, but the girl is not interested in him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, uh, but the feeling ain't mutual. God loves us. God is attracted and he loves us unconditionally, but the feeling is not mutual. We got Jesus in the friend zone, y'all. We got him in the friend zone. We are only in this relationship because of what he can do for us. And you're missing out on the benefit of having a real connection. We feel entitled to the gifts. When you have people in the friend zone, you, you feel entitled to the gifts. You, 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 you want to be connected to the resources, their money, and their lifestyle. See, when you, have, when you know people that's connected, you want, you're not worried about them. You're worried about the resources that they have. And so now because you know that they connected, you want a better seat. You want to get in for free. You want free food. You want a free meal. You want a better spot. You don't want to wait in line. You want to do what you want to do and have it done right now your way because of the connection and the resources they have. And the problem is with Jesus, you don't want to praise God. You don't want to pray. You don't want to fast. You don't want to do nothing, but you want him to heal you. You want him to deliver you. You want him to set you free. You want his resources, but you don't want the source. 
because you got them in the friend zone. We don't want to have to wait. But, but you want that stuff, but you won't reciprocate. You won't show gratitude or any form of appreciation because he's just a friend with benefits. And, and you keep people around because of their connections. We keep Jesus around because of his connections. He got connections to miracles. He got connections to prophecy. He got connections to, to this and that. He can make ways. He can open doors. He can do all this. But, but we just going to keep it on the friendship level. And, 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 and we've completely missed the value of connection. And you don't even acknowledge him until you need him. And we've missed it, the value of what it means to really be connected. Acts chapter 2, 44 through 47 summarizes it. I won't read it and get into it, but it gives you a formula for what it means to be connected. If you, if you know it and you read it, you'll understand where we're going. But in verse 44, connection is about assembly. In verse 45, connection is about generosity. In verse 46, connection is about unity. And in verse 47, connection is about community. It gives, you a, it gives you a formula to what it looks like. If you're not assembling, if you're not being generous, if you're not in unity, and if you don't do community, you're missing the value of connection. You're missing it totally and completely. What it means to be connected. To people. Just to share a little something that is 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 a little personal. As me as a person, I am an introvert, basically an introverted type of person. But I do like social connection. I'm pretty independent. But the thing is that I'm really independent person. And one thing that I've missed and that between my wife and the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit, y'all, is that 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 you find yourself as an independent person doing things on your own so often that you make your family fend for themselves. And so you, because you're independent, you expect them to do the same thing too. Because if I do it myself, you can do it yourself. And when really all they want, and, and one of her concerns and really all they want is to be included. But because I'm such an independent person, it's easy to not include them. But, but I've, I miss the value of the connection because if you chose to have a family, then you chose to make the choice of needing and the importance of including them. And there was this author, I was reading a book, and there was this author he was talking about in his book how he writes and he sends his book to the editor. But this time, before he did that, he let his wife read the book. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me there and said, that's what your wife wants. She wants to be included first. And his wife cried, and he had no idea at first. And she said, that's all I wanted was to be included. 
And then the next day, my wife is sharing the concerns. She's like, it's the same thing. See, that's the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit ain't just for shouting and dancing and jumping. The Holy Spirit make you check yourself. And understands the importance of including them because you have to understand that your family at home is your team. And anytime you're in a team sport, the, per, the minute that you try to go off on your own, you lost the team. Because if my family ever left me, I would be devastated. But thank God that he understands and cares about enough that you that. He can open up my eyes to see the importance of including and paying attention to them and remembering the connection. So the importance, there is an importance in, and is necessary to understand the value of your connections. Let's go to John chapter 11, just a little bit of background. The Bible tells us a great deal about the divinity of Jesus, and because of that, it separates him from the whole world. We get a good idea of Jesus' humanity if we pay attention to the Gospels. He made sure to maintain his divine connection with God, but here we see evidence of him needing human connection. John highlights the personal connection that Jesus had with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Lazarus is the only one in the Gospels who was named Jesus' friend. Their connection demonstrates the depth of a friendship that even the Son of God needed while he was here on earth. His connection to them was that of one that came with favor. So we understand that there is where we need to understand the importance of the value of connections, but there is also the favor of connection. The favor of connection. And in this scripture and in this chapter, we, it is the, uh, a very popular story about how Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus says later on in the verses, he says, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I go that I may wake him. And prior to his return, we, he, where he is, he stays for two more days. This is your friend, this is your best friend who you have a connection with and you choose to stay two more days. And we read that he has a love and a concern for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And the benefit of being friends with Jesus for them was the fact that he can wake him up. The benefit of being connected with Jesus in your life is that he comes to wake you up. There are so many of us around here that are sleeping and we're dead in our sleep. And Jesus wants to come and wake you up. But you've got to be connected to him. There is this friendship that he has with his people where he wants to move and act on their behalf. And everything he does, he does out of love. Even when he waits to act. Here it is, Jesus has his friend Lazarus who has been sick. They send a word to him. The man has been sick. Jesus stays where he is for two more days, and this is your friend. And the man is sick. 
And for some reason, he doesn't go immediately. See, we grow up in a culture, and our culture, as soon as we hear somebody in the hospital, we going right there to go see them. Why? Because of our connection to them, because of our concern. Jesus said, it says that he was concerned about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But even in his waiting, he does it out of love. But why does he wait? So, in other words, he delays because he loves them. And you've been wanting Jesus to move in your situation and to move in your life right now and for him to move fast. And you're wondering what is taking him so long. His delay is because he loves you. You've been wanting Jesus to make some changes in this situation. Come in and handle this and come in and deal with this. But his delay is because he loves you. And I would think that Mary and Martha are wondering, like, what is going on? I'm confused. I, I don't understand what you're waiting on because this is your friend. The one whom you love. And you want to delay coming to see about your friend? And so, we, and so what happens is when Jesus takes too long to move and when he takes too long to come to our aid on our behalf, we, we don't like to have to go through the suffering. We're confused and we don't understand why can't this be done now and why can't he move now and why can't he heal now? Why can't he get rid of this or deal with this now? And so we think that his inaction and his absence and his silence means that he doesn't love or care about us. See, if you've ever been in a real relationship with Jesus, there's going to be some silent days. It's going to be some days where you won't hear him talking or saying anything. And there's going to be some days where he's quiet. That don't mean he don't love you. I'm just testing your faith to see what you're going to do. Because the woman said, if you had been here. See, we shouldn't even have gotten this far. He shouldn't even be in his grave and right now at this point. If you, his friend, who you say that you love him, and this is your friend, if you had been here, we wouldn't have even gotten to this point. And sometimes you can be so connected to someone that, that if they don't do it because of your hurt and your confusion and your frustration and you don't understand what they're doing, you could misinterpret that and not understand what they are doing. But listen, why does he wait? Because if Jesus had a went at that time, it would have been just another miracle. If he would have went right away, he would have just had to just lay his hands on him and just heal him. If he would have moved, and see, Christ doesn't want to just be your average friend. He don't want to just be just this fly-by-night friend. Christ wants to be a friend in your life that he will do the impossible in your life. 
The reason that he waited is because he wants to do something impossible. So he waits to the point where Lazarus is absolutely, positively, no doubt that he is dead. Because I don't want to just come in a moment where, where y'all seen them. Y'all see me heal people. Y'all see me do this. Y'all see me heal the 5,000. Y'all see me un, um, heal the blinded eyes, unstopped deaf. Y'all seen all this. But, but you haven't seen a resurrection that happened four days later. You seen me raise up the man's daughter. But that was shortly after she got sick. She wasn't dead but a few hours. You see me raise up this other woman's son, but that was only a few hours. But in the Jewish community, they believe, they believe that, the, that the spirit rests over the body for three days. And then after that, it is gone. So Jesus intentionally knew in their custom that if I wait four days... That because they believe that after three days it's going, if I wait four days, then that will guarantee a miracle that seems impossible. I am coming and I am your friend because I want to do something impossible in your life. This is the friendship that you get with the benefits of Jesus Christ, that he will come and work the impossible in your life. You wonder why he waited. You wonder why he delayed, because he wanted to show you that I can do greater than just raising, than just healing blind eyes, than just healing headaches and pains and stuff. I want to show you that I can do more than just that. It's the favor of being connected to Jesus. He wants to put you in a situation where you have no doubt but to believe that he did it. You have no other choice but to believe that he did it. Jesus said that this is unto his glory and so that God can get the glory. That's what he wants out of your situation. That's what he wants out of your life. He wants you to get the victory so he can get the glory. And the devil can look like an idiot. But it says that he waited four days. And the woman says, by now he stinks. Oh, oh, that just seals the deal right there for me. Listen, this is the favor of connection that God is waiting so long with your stuff that he needs your stuff to stink. God needs your situation to stink. He needs to be so bad and so down and detrimental and hurting so bad that I just, I'm going to wait till it stinks so bad. And then I'm going to come in and just run through it and work a miracle. See, if he would have came back two days later while Lazarus was there, see, you wouldn't have got the benefit of the magnificent and miraculous thing that he can do. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And I need your stuff to stink. The situation that you've been through, you wonder why you've been through it so long. Does it stink to you? Ask yourself, does it stink? What you have been dealing with and going through so long, ask yourself, does it stink yet? And when it starts to stink, then Jesus is going to come and move in your stuff. The favor 
of connection. Listen, the suffering of this world is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. The little things that you go through can't compare to the magnificent and magnificent and whatever other word you come up with the joy that you can get from being resurrected from the dead. The favor of being connected is that he would rather do the unexpected. You got your own expectations. But I would rather do what you would least expect. Have you ever been through something and you had no idea that it would work out that way? Have you ever gone through a situation and you had no idea? God, I don't know how you did it. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how you worked it out. But God, I thank you. See, God does it so that you will give him praise. See, the praises hear me. Where the praises at? The praises hear me. God did it so that he knew that he wanted. He just won't show praise. That was totally unexpected. Ooh, God, I thank you. I appreciate you. God, I can't help but praise you, God. I have no idea. And sometimes you can just stomp your feet. Sometimes you can clap your hands and lift your voice and raise it to God. God, that was so unexpected. God, I thank you. The favor of connection. So basically, in his mind, this is perfect timing. God don't work on your timing. He work in his timing. See, the favor that you have with him is that it's his timing. And again, you won't understand why and what his timing is about, but it's about his timing. And so this is the other thing that he wants to do because Lazarus is his friend. And the other thing that he wants to do is he wants to show up death. See, not only did he come to die for our sins, but he came to defeat death. And so since Lazarus is his friend, and this is my best friend, no better person for me to raise up from the dead than my best friend and to defeat death at the same time. 1 Corinthians 15 and 26 says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And Jesus died for our sins, but he also came to defeat death death and through him his friend Lazarus is going to give you death a taste of what it's like to be defeated he didn't even give death the credit he just said Lazarus is asleep the only reason why he said that he died was to the disciples because they didn't get it they didn't understand it but the whole time Jesus did not say that he was dead Jesus said oh our friend is sleeping He's sleeping. Death, you don't even get the credit for this one. Death, you can't even have this one. Death, you can't even deal with this one. I, I'm not going to even give you the benefit of the doubt. Because in John 5 and 25, it says an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. That's favor. That's favor. And so by resurrecting Lazarus versus healing him, his friends were going to experience a joy that you wouldn't get in any other relationship. And so when he does this, it will make your suffering seem insignificant. But when you look at this favor of connection, it is because these are his friends. 
when we are connected with people, the praise team, they have a connection. The, the community groups, you have a connection. And, and different groups and people in youth group, you have a connection. And these are your friends that you are connected to. The band has a connection. Pastors have a connection. And these are the people who you are connected to. But Jesus was concerned about all three of them. And if you read later on in the verses, it says that Jesus was so connected that he gets a verse with only two words in it. He wept. You know that you are connected to somebody when they're troubled and when they're going through something and it causes you to weep. But as I'm reading the verses, Pastor, as I'm reading this, I began to wonder if the weeping was twofold. The weeping is one, out of concern, and two, out of anger. I think that Jesus was concerned that they had to go through this, but two, he was angry with death. I think because he was angry at the death and he was concerned for his friends. Because in the Amplified Version, it says that when Jesus saw her sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death. And he was troubled. Why? Because that's my friend. And death has the nerve to come and take my friend. And here I am coming into the world to try to connect people to the love of God. And here death is trying to be a divider and a separator and trying to ruin and destroy what I came to do. I believe that Jesus detests death. I believe that he hates it with every fiber in his being. I believe he has an issue with death. And this time, death came for the wrong one. You had the nerve to come for my friend. That is my friend. The connection was so deep that between Jesus and Lazarus that not even death could stop it. The favor of being connected to him. Jesus was not this man's friends because of his divine resources. He was his friend because of the love and the connection that they had. And then the disciples say, they say, well, Jesus says it's time to go back. We got to go back now. And the disciples say, you can't go back because the Jews are trying to kill you. And one thing about being so socially connected that you will go even when it's not safe to go. I don't care what they said. I don't care how they feel, what they think they do. I am going. I don't care what it costs me. I am going. Why? Because that's my friend. That is my friend. And he stays, we read it, he stays two more days. And I would like to think that Jesus actually wrestled with this decision. 
of having to stay. Why does he stay two more days? I believe that on the one hand, these are his friends, but on the other hand, he has to do the will of God. I believe that in the humanity of Jesus wanted to go right then, but the divinity said, wait, I need you to wait. I feel that in his human mind, they need me right now. But his divinity is saying, just wait, just be patient, just hold up, we got this. And I think that it was a wrestling match, if you will, and I'm just wondering if he just fought with it in making this decision, but he knew ultimately he had to do the will of God. And then he says, where have you laid him? And I think that at this point, now that he's released to go, Jesus is on a full-out mission. Because Jesus is mad at death, he's angry at death, he, he, he probably pissed off at death, and he is on a full-out mission. At this point, just tell me where he's at. Because in his mind, on his way to the tomb, that is my friend. He's my friend. And Jesus raises this man up from the dead, and he does something so amazing and miraculous. And what is so crazy is that his time is also almost near. And Lazarus is the example of what we will experience in the resurrection because of the favor of connection. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. Solomon here is instructing his son not to forget God's law. He wants him to keep the commandments in his heart. And he's explaining to his son that simply memorizing the law is okay, but it's not good enough. I need you to be connected to a life of obedience. And I need this to be in your heart. I need your heart to be connected to God. And ultimately what Solomon is saying is that I need your heart in it. I need your heart in this thing. And many of us are walking around in memorizing the scriptures. Where, where we have knowledge and, and we have some memorization skills, but our heart is not in it. And I need your heart to be connected to God. And it is so important for this to happen because when you have that connection with God in your heart, then you will stay in this relationship. Because anytime your heart isn't in a relationship, you're ready to go. In other words, what Solomon is saying is the first thing that wanders from God is your heart. But the first thing that returns is also your heart. And I need your heart in it because this relationship that I need you to have with God should be umbilical. God wants an umbilical connection. He wants an umbilical connection. There is a word, the reason that I use this verse because there is a word and I was studying this verse previously and wanted to use it 
couple months ago, but God said, no, use it here. And there is a word in this verse, um, in verse 8, the word flesh. The word flesh is the Hebrew word shor, S-H-O-R. That word means umbilical cord or navel cord. And so I was asking God, well, you talk about flesh, but then the definition and the meaning of it is umbilical cord. And so what are you saying? And so basically the, the, the type of connection God wants with his people is umbilical. I had no idea that the word umbilical was a separate word from cord. Umbilical means inseparable and close. And God wants a relationship with his people that is inseparable and close. And the way that you have that is that your heart is connected to him. Your heart has to be in this relationship. When you think of an umbilical cord, the definition is connecting someone or something to a source of essential supplies. So when you have an unborn baby, the baby, while it is in the mother's womb, it is physically connected to the mother through the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord is what supplies the baby's needs, and the mother is the source. The baby is connected to the source of the mother so that his needs or its needs can be supplied by the mother. God wants you to be connected to him so that he can supply your needs. It is the same concept. So the nourishment that the baby receives comes from the mother. Everything that the baby needs is coming from the mother through the umbilical cord. And so the only way for the baby to survive is for the mother to eat. The mother has to be in a place where she can take care of herself and do what she needs to do because she's providing for herself and for her child. And their connection, this physical connection, is coming through the umbilical cord. So the mother is the source that supplies the need for the child. The umbilical cord consists of one vein and two arteries. The vein provides food and oxygen that is carried down to the placenta. The, the arteries, two of them, remove the waste that comes from the baby. And it takes it back to the placenta. And when you are connected to God, God is your source and supply. He provides you with the food and the oxygen that you need. The very air that you breathe is dependent on God. The child is totally and completely dependent on the mother. And God wants your relationship with him to be so umbilical that it is inseparable. And that you are totally dependent on him. For everything that you need. And so sometimes when, so he's supplying the food and the oxygen, but he's removing the waste. And there are going to be situations where, where God will position you with people in your social connection, where he will give you healthy connection and he will remove the waste. I don't know if y'all heard me. God will put the right people in your life. 
And while putting the right people in your life, he will remove the waste. Because some of y'all have fecal relationships. When you are so connected to God and so in touch with him and so inseparable, there is no way that you can't get rid of the waste. And if you still got waste in your life, then you need to question your connection to God. That went over some people's head, but those who got a spiritual ear, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. But he wants to be connected to you and remove the waste out of your life so that he can feed you the proper nourishment that you need. And there comes a point in your life where after the, as you're, as you're in the womb, the child is in the womb, as it gets nourished, then it grows, it develops, it begins to mature. It begins to, to form and have hands and, and, and fingers and toes and everything else that, that to, until it gets to the maturity. But once it gets to the maturity inside of the womb, what has to happen is then now it's time to give birth. And one of the first things that they do after they give birth is not cut the cord, but they lay the baby on the mom. Am I right? Right? Yeah. Why? Because they need you to maintain the connection. Why? Because we have to sever the cord. But just because the cord is cut doesn't mean that you don't still need connection. The baby has to maintain the connection in order for it to continue to survive. While it was in the womb, it needed the cord to survive. But while it's out of the womb, it needs physical connection. It needs emotional. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be talked to. Otherwise, it could die or suffer from some delays. So just because the cord was cut don't mean it's disconnected. But the problem is that when it comes to God, some of us have cut the cord. And we wonder why we're about to die. We wonder why we're suffering from some delays because we've cut the cord, but we didn't maintain the connection. You got to maintain with the baby, you got to maintain the closeness. Even some babies, when they don't have the closeness, they cry because they need the closeness. They need the connection. And for some of y'all, like we said earlier, you don't do close, but you're dying because you don't do close. You need to maintain the connection, and God is here is wanting to keep this connection and maintain this connection and keep you close to him. He wants your relationship to be so inseparable that when you leave here, you're talking to God. When you leave here in your car, God, mm. that, that because it's too easy for some of y'all to go a whole day and not say nothing to God. It's no different than when you're with you in a relationship with somebody. You go a whole day and not say nothing to your spouse. Even if you're mad, you still got to maintain the connection. You go a whole day and say not, you don't say anything to your kids. Maintain the connection. 
God wants it. You, you, he wants it to be so inseparable that you can't even go a half a day and not just even acknowledge him. God, I miss you. God, I need you. God, what's going on? What are we doing today? Just have a connection with him. Come on, musicians. Just have a connection. And he wants this relationship to be umbilical. So close. So inseparable. That is to the point where you can't live without him. You can't go a day without even acknowledging him or praising him. I want to pray on this afternoon because what we didn't say was that after you're born, you know how you know you're human? You got a belly button. <laughs> if you don't have a belly button, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> but I thought this was weird because as, as God was dealing with me and speaking to me about this, I thought this was weird because the belly button reminds you of your human connection that you had while you were in the womb. And what God was saying was that some of us have reminders. In this case, the physical connection was to the mother that we cherish. But then some of us, and, and I don't want y'all to look at your belly button and then your belly button remind me, but some of us have memories. It reminds us of some unpleasant memories, some unpleasant connections. And I want to, to, to pray today because even though it's a physical reminder, some of us still have some emotional reminders and we have some concerns, and I don't want you to go home and look at the belly button today if you had trauma or whatever. Think, oh my goodness, it reminds me. But it's just the idea and the behind it, and just all of that behind it, how it is a reminder of those situations. And so I want to pray for people who are struggling with social connection. I saw something interesting, especially for people with social anxiety. I saw something, a post, it was the Smith Center, and somebody had commented, I, it never would have occurred to me, that in the comment, because you know they have events at Smith Center, and so they commented and said, do they have a space for people with social anxiety? What? So you want to go to a public place in a social place, but you want your own space because you have social anxiety. And so there are people who are struggling with connecting because you have social anxiety. It is difficult for you to connect. If that's you, I want you to, to come. I want you to pray. If any part of this, God, and if this is you, God, I've disconnected, God. I've cut the cord to you. I've cut the cord to this relationship, and I feel disconnected. And, God, I want to reconnect back to you, God. I want to be in communion with you. I want to be in communion with you. I want to reconnect with you. 
if that is you today, I want you to come. I want to pray for you on this afternoon. there's anybody else who wants to pray. I'm, I'm just struggling, God. I, I got this. I just get nervous. I just get anxious. I just struggle in some of these areas. God, I have difficulty. And so in my natural relationships, it's also played out in my spiritual walk as well when it comes to being connected. And some of us try. I try. You know, I really try. But I want you, God, to be in this friendship because I know there are benefits to this friendship with you, God. <clears throat> and I don't want to miss out on the favor. I don't want to miss out on the benefits of having you as a friend to take the time to spend with you, to talk to you, to hang out with you. And because this is my struggle. And so right now, as those who have come up to this altar, God, I'm ready to be vulnerable, to be reconnected. God, I praise in this house. It is his will Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, a peace about it. Give them a peace about it, God. Give them a peace about it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Give them a peace about it. In the name of Jesus. Miss Brenda, can you lift your hands? God, give her a peace. God, like no other. In the name of Jesus. God, rest on her. Kiara, lay your hands on your grandma. No, you can't. In the name of Jesus, God, her heart, God, minister to her right now and move right now and let her be comforted right now in the name of Jesus. God, you see her. You see her. You see her, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone that here today that is does not have a relationship with God? You don't know him, and God wants to have a relationship with you. You are not saved. You haven't committed your life to Christ. You haven't given it over to him completely, and God wants an umbilical relationship with you today. He wants to connect with you. He wants to fellowship with you and commune with you. If there's anyone here that does not know the Lord in their heart as their Savior, would you raise your hand so that we can pray? We can pray. Everyone here is good? Everyone here is saved? Everyone knows so. So after you leave here today, you know that if that's it, you're good, right? Y'all good? I want you to repeat after me. I want to just say this prayer anyway. I want you to just say, Lord Jesus, today I ask that you come into my heart and that you live in me and that you forgive me 
for everything I've done wrong. And I thank you, Jesus, for accepting me and me. And I thank you, God, that I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's thank God for Pastor Darian. Oh, what a powerful word that was on today and your connections. Um, I just want to say one more thing um, as I get ready to go into um, the closing of our service. Pastor Darian said something, and I don't want to miss the opportunity. He said the first thing to go when you're moving away from God is your heart. First thing to return is your heart. And I just wanted to give us an opportunity. I know everybody think, no, I'm, I'm good. Me and God, we solid. We close. We're connected. But I wanted to give us an opportunity to connect with him, to reconnect, to solidify the connection, to say, God, I'm still here. I am connected. Not to me, but to him. Um, to tell him that I want to be right here. And for some of us, um, uh, and I do want to talk to our leadership really quick after we, uh, as we dismiss. And we're so busy that we're too busy to be connected. You got too much going on. And so your heart is far from him because your heart is at work. And your heart is far from him because your heart is with your spouse and with your kids and with your money. And so your heart has left. And you still show up here. But I just wanted to give us an opportunity. Because even if I feel like I'm connected, like I feel like I'm connected to my husband and my grandson and my, and my children, I still tell them. I still hug them. I still find the time to connect with them. And so I just wanted us to pray really quick in this place. And this is your own prayers, your own personal stuff. But I just wanted to pray with you as you pray, as you tell him, God, I love you. I am connected. Oh, God, I've been slipping. I've been missing. I've been busy. But I want to be connected. And so I'm going to ask you to stand all over the place really quick. It's an important connection that you maintain. And that it not just be for those few people that came up here, but for everybody in this place that says, Lord, I'm connected to you. When there were no hands that went up, as Pastor Darian did the salvation call, Pastor Erica say, come now, Lord Jesus. That means that if he showed up right now, everybody in this room said that I am in relationship, that I have accepted him, and I'm going to heaven right now. If your last breath was you standing right here in these chairs, you're saying, I am going to heaven because I have invited him into my life and we are in relationship. It's not a scare tactic, y'all. This is what we believe. And so don't keep coming into a gathering, into fellowship. 
If you know you pulled away from him, if you know your heart is away from him, don't be shy to raise your hand and confess him publicly and say, I need to reconnect, God. Because I don't want to be separated from you. And so I was going to give all of us the opportunity one more time today. Do it again in the morning. Do it again tomorrow. You tell your other people you love them that much. You connect with them that much. Yeah. And so let's, this is your own, this is your own prayer. Not a, about what's happening over here. But you close your eyes and you connect with your God as we pray. Yeah. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the reminder from this, your servant. God, I, I reconnect with you. If I've been too busy, if I haven't taken the time, if I told everybody else I love them but not you, if I'm busy getting with everybody else but haven't gotten with you, God, forgive me for that. And I connect with you. I need you. I need you in my life. I need you as my friend, as my God. I need you. And so, God, I, I want to connect. I, I give my heart back to you. I give my heart back to you because I care for you. I love you. I fight for you. God, when we've given our heart away to people, we fight for them. God, I fight for you. I fight for our time together. I fight if people talk about you, God, because I need you. And so forgive me if I have been disconnected. Forgive me if I've been away, if I've been busy. Forgive me if I've spent time every other place. But on today, God, I reconnect my heart, my life with you, God. And I say thank you for accepting me. Thank you for receiving me, for receiving my heart back. God, I said thank you for the time right now today to do that. That is not too late. That I don't have to get into a, a dangerous situation. I don't have to get into life and death for me to call upon you. God, I said right now while I'm feeling well. I'm right now while I'm in a safe place. Right now while there is no trouble. I love you, Lord. And I need you in my life. And so we just say thank you again, God. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. I pray that you said those prayers. I pray that he knows. Amen. Amen. Again, let's bless God for Pastor Darian, for his word on today, for the presence of God that is in this place. Thank you. You all may have your, you may have your seats. And so we just have a few announcements. If you did not have an opportunity to give, if you came in after we did our giving, you may do so now. Do be reminded that both houses are here together, um, that New Antioch Central, your giving information is right here on the screen. You can go to newantioch.org, hit that donate button, follow it through. You can do cash out, dollar sign, New A Central. You can text uh, to 77977, New Antioch Central. You all make sure you're still giving unto your campus. Um, just because you guys are not in your service, you are still a member of New Antioch Central, and they still need you to push this through. 
Um, you, you have to make sure that there is bread in God's house. He asked you to do that. And so just make sure, don't, don't withhold your giving now. Let's push on through and get this done um, and make sure that we are in obedience and in participation with what God is going is doing in the house. Um, the other campus, Aliante campus, where we are, of course, you can mail it in at 2550 Nature Park Drive, cash app at New A Aliante. There's two A's in there. And then you can go to newantioch-aliante.org. Hit that donate button and run it through. Um, and then if you want to give with your card, uh, Minister Monique will have the iPad um, at the door if you need to swipe. If you need an offering envelope, she's right here in the back with an offering envelope. Let's not uh, forget those things. Also, Central Campus. Central Campus. Central Campus. Is Central Campus in the house? Central Campus, y'all moving on. We, we appreciate having y'all over here as our roommates, uh, but you know, everybody wants their own place. And so Central Campus uh, is going to be moving. And so next Sunday, is next Sunday the second? Next Sunday, um, they are going to be at 2917 Washington Avenue. Y'all don't get lost. It's still right there on Bell Rose. <laughs> don't go further than that. It's still on Bell Rose. Just turn like you're going to the old campus. And then right before that, you'll see where it says ACS Community. Turn in right there. You're going to be having service right there. And so do be prepared. Y'all come excited. Come jubilant about the things that God is doing among you. And so for those of you who do Sunday school with Dr. Parson, Sunday school will be over there on this coming Sunday at 2917 West Washington. It's where it says ACS Community. They got a beautiful sign up on. God bless you. They have a beautiful sign up on the building. And so for those of you who do Sunday school in person at 8 a.m., meet Dr. Parson over there. She's going to be glad to see you. Again, Sunday at 9 a.m. Central, back at your regular time, you guys will be in service over there together at the same address, 2917 uh, Washington. Make sure that you are there for your Sunday service. And then also in that space where you all will be for Sunday service, Antioch Community Center. Antioch Community Center, if y'all didn't know that this church has community centers, that they are opening their second campus on Sunday, July 2nd at 4 p.m. They got a whole celebration, food and vendors and a walkthrough, all of that. Y'all, let's celebrate with our campus. We're doing some great things in this community. Don't act like it ain't nothing. This is big. God told us two new years ago, and it's going to be big and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger i don't know about y'all i'm excited because there are some uh, businesses and churches that cannot get open and remain open they can't do it but god's hand is with us and so it is happening and so remember those dates both of these are going to happen next sunday 8 a.m bible study is going to be there 9 a.m sunday service is going to be there 4 p.m we're going to have the whole big celebration for acs and so just make sure that you are in the place acs is also because they're opening up they are ready to take signups for their summer camp so make sure that you guys are signing up your children for the soul. They already doing stuff for the summer? What them kids doing? They ain't doing nothing at home but eating up all the noodles and everything. 
Send them to summer camp. We can't keep a noodle in the house because the kids eating them up. Send them on over there to summer camp with Pastor Renee and them, and they'll take care of them. The information is out there. Also, Vacation Bible School um, is happening. It is going to be July 11th through the 14th. Y'all, it is only, what, 40? You can sign up either on our um, donation pages or right out there in the foyer. Um, and I do believe that that is all that we have for today. I would like a moment um, with the leaders, with the praise team, with the band. And if you are a leader in the house of Antioch, just quickly come to the front. God shared a word with me for us today. And I have to be in obedience um, and so if you could just come to the front as we, if you are a leader in the house, y'all, this is for those of us who serve as a core in the house. God had a message for us on today. I would love it, Keith, if you could stay just for a moment. We're going to do it.